Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Technology Learning Lab for Thursday, January 7th, 2021. I'm always checking that date, make sure I get that number right. Uh, this is Sean Thiel, ACBO Executive Director, and uh, we are going to be looking today at um, basically, and I, I had intended to get this out earlier and it didn't, uh, it didn't make it, but what I'm going to be doing for the next couple of, basically for the month of January, is starting with, with iPhone basics, and I realize that there is also another call doing a similar thing. She starts a half hour later, so if people decide they'd like to change over and see what she's doing, I won't have any hard feelings, that's fine. But um, we are gonna start from the very beginning. Um, so the first thing that, uh, <clears throat> one of the first things people wanna know is, um, you know, what are some of the things that an iPhone could do for me? And I'll just very quickly go over a couple of those. Um, the iPhone can be used to take pictures of printed material and have it spoken with any number of apps. Some of them are free. Um, so that's a popular reason to get interest, to get into the iPhone. That's gotten many a new iPhone user, just the ability to read your mail, go through bills, that kind of thing. Um, so that's, that's one of the things you can do. Um, you can, of course, do ride sharing, although a lot of us aren't traveling as much as we once were, but uh, that is another thing that you can do um, with an iPhone that you uh, have trouble, that it's not as easy to do uh, without, an, without an iPhone. Um, you can use services like Be My Eyes and Ira to get a remote pair of eyes, either um, volunteer or professional, depending on uh, which way you go. Um, and that can be uh, quite handy, although I still ran into a situation today where I was, I, I got a, a gadget and I still needed my, I still needed somebody to actually um, come over and look at it in person. So it doesn't always work that way. So those are some of the kind of visually impaired uses for an iPhone, why it's helpful for a visually impaired person to, to have one. So the other thing to figure, to think about, and this is a question that I um, am constantly answering for people, is what is the difference between Siri and voiceover? Why does a blind person need to do all of these special swiping, flicking gestures? Uh, and this is often asked by well-intentioned sighted people um, who hear that the iPhone is good for people with visual impairment, but don't really know how that actually works. And so um, one of the things to think about if you are a person that's trying to figure this out is that if you are somebody who can see the screen on a phone, and maybe this is something that those of us who are, you know, blind might need to, or visually impaired might need to think about, but um, a person who can see when they use their phone they use their eyeballs and they locate on the screen what they want and tap it one time. Um, and so that's obviously not going to work if you can't see, because if that was the way it worked, you would 
open many things and activate many options at a time without having any idea what you were doing. So what happens is voiceover is a, pro a feature on the phone and it changes the entire interface of the phone from a sighted interface to a visually impaired friendly interface. And that's important on a couple of different levels. Um, firstly, it means that what you'd be doing instead is using the finger or a gesture to move sequentially from item to item. And you will hear the item that you are either touching or that the focus or voiceover cursor is on. And in order to activate that, you need to double tap. Um, so that's the, that's the difference. So if you are the sighted person and you are helping a blind person to use their phone and it's not acting the way you expect it should, that's why, because it's expecting a double tap. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. For those of us who are blind or visually impaired, we need to think about the fact that um, the way voiceover describes things is not the same as they the way they look on the screen. Now, this is still an area where I am struggling and I was given a, a really helpful document, but I, it, it was pretty lengthy and I hadn't gotten around to memorizing all of them. But um, for example, a lot of times if you're in contacts and voiceover says add button, Oftentimes that will actually be a plus sign. And, the, and you'll, if you were to look at a mainstream article talking about the iPhone, uh, they'll say, tap the plus sign. Well, that's often what VoiceOver calls the add button. Um, when VoiceOver talks about more info, more info is either a series of dots like an ellipsis to tell you that more things are happening, or it may be a letter I next to something. So there are times when um, I have had, when my dad has asked me for help on the iPhone with something, and I've had to say, look, just ha hand me the phone, let me turn on voiceover and fix it, because I literally don't know what to tell you to do. And it's not that I don't think you can do it, it's just that the, the kind of languages and approaches are so different that I don't, I don't know how to speak sighted iPhone. <laughs> I, I just don't. Uh, and it's not that I don't want to, it's just, um, it, it is a very different world. So that is something to keep in mind is that um, it's, it's, it's very different. So um, as the person who is sighted and may be helping a, a visually impaired person, um, the, the skills that, that are needed for that person are going to be different from what you are using as somebody who can look at the phone. So with that out of the way, Siri is what you can use by talking to the phone, or actually there is a way to type to Siri. And Siri is good for things like reading your text messages or calling a particular person or asking about the weather. Siri can do all of that and it can do all of that whether you're sighted or not. The way in which Siri does that does change depending on whether voiceover is on or not. Uh, and this is something that, it, that you can actually test out. For example, what I'm going to do is, uh, let's see. Let's see. Whoop, let's not do that. 
Give me a list of restaurants. Actually, let's do it this way. Hang on. Let's let's turn voiceover off. And I'll talk about how to do that in just a second. Give me a list of restaurants. So that's what a sighted person gets. They get a list of restaurants on the screen and it's assumed that they're going to look at that list, tap on one they want and go on their merry way. Well, that's not very useful for a blind person. So what's gonna happen is Siri, if I turn voiceover on, Siri is going to be smart enough to realize that voiceover is on and it's gonna act differently. Give me a list of restaurants. No, no, and it was it was actually asking, did I want that one? And if I had said no, it would have moved on to the next one. So it gives you the options in turn, one after the other. And that is an easier approach, especially if someone is brand new. They're not going to know necessarily how to review the list of restaurants that Siri threw up before when voiceover was not on. So that just tells you that um, the iPhone is aware of what's going on. So Siri is very good for getting information like that. Um, what Siri is not able to do is read you a web page. Siri is not able to activate links on that web page. Siri is not able to um, activate items on this on the screen within an app. And um, and. Voice control is another kettle of fish we're not going to talk about because it does allow you to do some of those things, but it doesn't work very well with voiceover and it doesn't give its own speech feedback and it's a different thing. So for all intents and purposes, Siri and voice control are not going to be helpful as the only way that a person with no vision or low vision can use their iPhone who needs that speech feedback. There are magnification features of the iPhone and um, I am not, as a person who is totally blind, I am not qualified to can tell people where they are and um, that kind of thing. But I don't know what's going to work best for one person or not. So um, we will uh, we will come to that possibly later on. But the um, the easy, voiceover is such the. Um, unique case that that's mostly what we're going to cover because it's so different. Um, so there are, but there are access, there are um, visual enhancements that can be used, some of which work in conjunction with voiceover better than others. Um, you can use large text size um, with voiceover, as far as I'm aware. Um, you can use Zoom with voiceover with some I, uh, with some issues, I know that that doesn't always work as well as, as people who need it hope that it will. Um, it's in theory possible. So, um, but we're gonna concentrate mostly on using voiceover just because it is so different. So that's what the, so that's the difference between Siri and voiceover. Voiceover is going to not just speak what's going on on the phone, but allow a person who is low vision to actually work with a flat touch screen. 
uh, Siri is only just going to, Siri is helpful and it will read some things, but it will not read everything and it will not do everything. And even some of the things it's supposed to do, if, you know, the day is particularly strange or if it's just not feeling well or the stars are not properly aligned, it just decides, I don't want to do what you want to do. I'm not going to do it. So you still have to know how to function without it. Yes, thank you. I actually meant to, <laughs> I meant to hit that on the computer. Um, okay, <laughs> let's see. So let's talk about now what we can do if we get an iPhone, whether it be one that we've just been handed out of box that we've just ordered, whether it be someone else's iPhone that needs a problem fixed, or if it's one at an Apple store, if we can even go into Apple stores, if that's a, a possibility where you are, how do we actually deal with voiceover? So how do we actually decide whether we want it or not? The easiest way, if Siri is set up, is to simply hold down either the home button on the bottom of the device, or if you're on a newer device without a home button, you will use the side button on the device along the right-hand side. You will hold either, whichever of those down and simply say, turn off voiceover. Or turn on voiceover. Sean? Yes. We're not hearing that. Oh, are you not hearing that? Okay. Wow, I had this muted the whole time. That's fantastic. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can do this. 1914. Is that working? Yep, we heard App it. Store. Okay. Sorry, Sean, I should have told you that. That's okay. So let me back up a bit and show the Siri thing that I thought was working that apparently wasn't. So um, if you want voiceover on or off, you can tell you can tell Siri to do it. And if it's already on and you try to do it again, like this, turn on voiceover. Voiceover is already turned on. So it will tell you that it's already ready to go. So what I was what I was showing before, uh, and it wasn't coming through, was that Siri acts differently when voiceover is off versus when it's on. So um, if voiceover is off, turn off voiceover. Okay, voiceover is now off. And I, again, hold the side button. Give me a list of restaurants, please. Here's what I found. So it's showing a list on the screen, but it's not reading anything about them. It just says something like, here's what I found or check it out. But if I do that same thing, turn on voiceover. Okay, voiceover is now on. Give me a list of restaurants. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the demo fail. Let's try that Messages. again. Give me a list of restaurants. Are you serious? Messages. Let me, <laughs> let's try it one more time. Siri, give me a list of restaurants, please. App store. <laughs> tap to open. What it's supposed to do. 
what it is supposed to do is it's supposed to ask you about each one in turn. And, and earlier when I did this, it said, um, I found three brothers diner on such and such. Uh, do you want that one? And I said, no. And I, it would have, it would have offered me the next one in turn, but Siri is contrary. <laughs> and right now it's choosing to do that. Um, <clears throat> so we we were literally talking when we got started about how when you try to demo something is the moment it's going to fall over and sure enough so if siri is not set up for example when you first if you were to order a phone from apple or pick one up at the store and get it turned on uh, siri won't be set up because you're going to be on the iphone setup screen and i don't have an easy way to demo that because i don't have a freshly um, erased factory, you know, device ready to go. And as much as I love y'all, I'm not quite ready to reformat my iPad just for a demo that's probably going to fail anyway. <laughs> so if you are working with a device that has not been set up, um, what you can do is you can instead of pressing and holding either the home button or the side button, you will click that three times quickly and you will either hear voiceover on voiceover off. or voiceover off. Voiceover on, app store. Double tap to open. So, and let's talk a little bit about the, um, the home button has been around for quite a number of years. Um, on iOS devices, and it is a round button that is at the bottom of the screen on devices up until the iPhone 10. And uh, I cannot remember exactly in what, I wanna say the iPhone 10, was that 2015, 2016? No, it's newer than that, I think. Um, <laughs> honestly, with the year that we've had, time is just a completely nebulous concept now. So, but, um, Starting with the iPhone 10, the home button has actually been uh, taken off of the device and the way that you move to the home screen has changed. And uh, we will come, we will uh, talk about what the home screen is in just a second. But um, on those devices, the um, <clears throat> functions that the home button had are, have been swapped around a little bit. And um, this is not just a um, this is not just a blindness, slow vision thing that confuses people. Um, my sister was visiting from Florida um, this past week, and uh, my mom has an iPhone XR as as I do, and she said, "How do I how do I get home? I don't how do I do this <laughs> without the home button?" Because she had never seen. Um, a device without one. I believe she still has a seven and her, her wife still has a seven or something like that. So she didn't know what to do. And I, I had um, attempted to show her and I don't know, uh, she, she, she wasn't very happy about it. So I'm, I'm thinking it's probably gonna be a while before she, um, before she chooses to, um, to upgrade. But um, so actually let's go ahead and talk about now that we've figured out how to turn voiceover on or off, either by clicking that home Screen button dimmed. or side button three times quickly, or by asking Siri to do it. Um, and voiceover is just telling me that it's trying to, uh, to dim the screen. 
So let's talk about now that we've got VoiceOver on, how do we actually use it? Well, we have a couple of options as to how to find out what's on the screen. We can, of course, the screen is just locked. Um, 1920. App Store. Double tap to open. So yes, and my phone and my computer are in 24 hour time because I'm strange. So <clears throat> what you can do is if you put a finger on the screen and slide around. Speak current location app maps, wallet, Spotify, notes, Google voice, VO calendar, fantastical, voice clock. And I'm just kind of going Days in until random. Double tap voice clock. Double tap to open. I was not at all being methodical in that. I was just kind of sliding all over the place. But um, you will hear the icon that you are currently touching. Speak app store. For example, tap app to store. Open. And it told me double tap to open. So if I do that, if I tap twice. App store today, heading today, Thursday, January 7th, heading. Okay. And if I were to um, explore this page a little bit more, we would hear what apps that Apple is highlighting and wanting to um, to tell us about. Um, so that is one approach. The other approach that we have is we can actually move sequentially through the items. Now, I wanna go back to the home screen, which is kind of like your desktop if you're familiar with um, Windows or, well, actually in, in Mac, I would say probably more like the dock. Um, since the, the Mac desktop doesn't tend to have as many things on the main um, item, as far as I remember. Um, so we need to get back to the home screen, which is kind of a known starting point. If your device has a home button, the, a small button at the bottom in the middle, um, you will press and release that. If you press it and hold it a little too long, um, you may invoke Siri again. And it's funny because um, we got my mom an iPad for Christmas that had a home button. And when she was trying to use it, she kept turning Siri on because she's been used to swiping up from the bottom, which you can do on some iPads. Um, I know on my Mini 4, you can, and I believe on the one that she had, you can as well. And I did mention that. Um, to get to the home button, if you've, or to the home screen, if you've got a home button, just press it and let it go. If you don't, if you're on a device that is an iPhone 10 or newer, I believe also the newest mm. iPad Pro and yeah. um, the new um, iPad Air equivalent um, also has no home button. So what you're gonna do is you're going to swipe up from the bottom of the screen. And the easiest way I think of to do this is to put your phone, your finger, if you have, especially if you have a case, if you put your finger on the bottom of that and start moving up the screen very slightly. And then as your finger is still moving, you wanna touch the screen. You wanna come at the screen already moving. Um, I find that if I try and touch and slide up, what happens is it thinks that I'm actually, um, trying to locate something on the, the dock at the bottom of the screen. And we'll come to that in just a minute. But um, so what I've found with the um, home gesture and some of the others um, that are, um, <clears throat> that you use from the top or bottom of the screen like this is you have to kind of start already moving before you even touch the screen. And once you start, 
you know, once you move up a little bit, then you can kind of land on the screen and continue moving and the phone will register that. Now, I, from what I can tell, um, sighted people have a little bit different approach because um, if they uh, are sliding, the phone isn't necessarily thinking they want to activate something, but it may want to move something if you're not careful. So I think for a sighted person, the swipe is a little bit different because I showed my sister what I did and it still didn't quite work for, it didn't quite make sense to her. So again, more proof of what we were talking about earlier, that um, division between how a voiceover user does something and how a, a um, standard iPhone user does something is very different. So we are now back on the home screen because I know- Home, App Store, double tap to open. It, well, one, it said home, which was helpful, but also I happen to know that on the first page of my home screen, the App Store is the top left item. If I want to move from item to item and I don't care where they are on the screen, if I just want to move from item to item in the order that they show up, what we're going to do is we're going to take one finger and we're going to flick from left to right on the screen and uh, almost like we were flicking a piece of dirt off of the screen or, a, or something that we didn't want um, <clears throat> off the screen. It's a very light uh, a very light flick. If you if you're not careful and you try to do that with this finger on the screen um, too hard, you will again slide around, and the phone will think that you're trying to intentionally locate something. So it's a very very light flick. Messages calendar Thursday, January seventh. Google Voice speak current location address. Google Voice calendar Thursday. January 7th. And if we want to go backwards. Double tap to open. If we want to go backwards, then we take our finger and we flick from right to left with one finger. <clears throat> and there are, um, I'm making a point to say with one finger because there are other times later on that you may use more than one finger to accomplish a gesture. But for, the per for right now, you're just using one finger and you're flicking right uh, or you're flicking to the left that will move you in order. Um, if you are somebody that's familiar with computers, it's kind of like um, moving, you know, with tab and shift tab in a, um, a program where you're gonna move from item to item in the order that they, um, the order that the focus goes to them. So, you know, if you tab forward, it's kind of like flicking to the right and shift tab is kind of like flicking to the left. Um, so, that's <clears throat> that's one way to think of it if you if you are a, a computer person. Let's see. I know I've been talking for quite a bit and usually a little bit longer than I do in uh, other versions of this. So let's see if there's any questions. Um, and Danette, if you're um, if you're up for it, why don't you let people know how they can do that? Okay. <clears throat> to I raise your hand. <laughs> to raise your hand on a computer, it is Alt-Y. On a Mac, it's Options-Y. On the app on the phone, it's in the lower left-hand corner. I mean, nope, to lower right-hand corner under the More option. And on a landline on a keypad, it's under, it's star nine to raise your hand. To unmute, it's on a PC, it's, it's Alt-A. On a Mac, it's Command-Shift-A. 
on the app on the phone, that's in the lower left-hand corner. And on the keypad on your on a landline, it's star six. All right, let's see if we've got screen dimmed. No, stop it. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. No hands are raised. All right. No. Okay. So, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully we, I haven't bored everybody. <laughs> anyway, um, so those are, so flicking right and left is going to move us in order um, on the screen based on where, you know, where they, things are logically. And if we're looking at the, so I'm going to look again at my first row. I've got it. Um, I've got to unlock it again. And let's talk about unlocking while we're, <laughs> while we're talking while we're we're on a, on it um <clears throat> when you set up an iphone you are highly encouraged by the system and by apple and by um security folks to set up a lock screen code a passcode either a number or if you really want to be secure in alphanumerics you know letters and numbers together my recommendation is that initially, um, I, I would recommend people refrain from doing this. And that is because um, when you first get started, you're, you may potentially not be familiar, comfortable with the keypad that you get um, to unlock the screen. And if you were to unlock the screen and mistype your passcode enough times, you can potentially become locked out of your phone to the point that um, if you do it enough, you can actually get completely locked out and um, the phone will become disabled. Um, and you, no matter what you do, the only way to um, undo that is to hook it up to a PC and do what they call a... Um, factory restore which means it it erases absolutely everything on the phone re-downloads the software puts it all back on verifies with apple that it's okay it is not a fun time especially if you've been using your phone a while um i have helped somebody with this once and it was like <clears throat> she'd only had the phone for like a day and hadn't hardly done anything with it and I happen to have a computer with iTunes available in order to, to do that. So um, my recommendation is in the beginning to go without a passcode, at least for a little while, um, until you get comfortable with the um, keypad. And the easiest way to do that, um, especially on the iPhone, is to actually look at the keypad inside the phone app that we would use to dial calls. We'll get there in just a second. But um, I, um, that is especially, it is especially important um, not to set up a passcode if you are coming from Android to iPhone. Um, and that was the case with the person I was just mentioning. Um, she had been using Android and on Android, if, for those of you who don't know, um, you, you do use a right and left um, finger gesture to move from item to item. But on Android, the gestures are, in, in, in my view, very wide and very expansive and very kind of exaggerated gestures. You really have to 
touch the screen and and really put some movement um, in that flick of the finger, at least compared to the iPhone. And so she was used to doing that. And the iPhone is much more sensitive in how you, you just barely have to move your finger before it takes. So um, <clears throat> that was part of the thing. It reason that she had some difficulty is that she was, you know, she was used to um, kind of very exaggerated kind of I, kind of dramatic gestures that you use on the Android phone where they're they're very broad, and um, the iPhone is is very much the opposite of that. So um, if you are coming from Android to iPhone, um, you that theoretical person definitely should not be setting a passcode straight away because you may end up in that same position. Um, so if you have a passcode set up, you need at least a four digit passcode and Apple would prefer a six digit passcode. And you will need to enter this when you first turn on your device. Um, if your device has not been used within 48 hours, <clears throat> and sometimes it will just seem like it asks you randomly, even if the, um, depending on your device, if you have a home button, you, may, well, you will often also have touch ID in that home button, which is a fingerprint sensor. Um, if you have an iPhone 10 or newer that has face ID and you will, you will know that you have face ID. Um, because it's, um, it's a little interesting to set up, but, um, if you, uh, even if you have those, there are times when you will have to enter that passcode or that PIN. Just because you have Touch ID or just because you have Face ID does not mean that you will never, ever, ever have to enter your passcode. Um, and that, you know, that's just not the case. Um, and for good, for good reason, if someone were to pick up your phone, um, from a state where it was off and turn it on and try to play with it, um, it will not. It won't hardly let you do anything until that passcode is is entered. So um, that is by design. That is intentional. So what I'm going to do is I need to unlock my phone and I'm going to use uh, Face ID. So I'm going to. Um, <clears throat> the best way to do this is to. Uh, hold the phone facing you and uh, a little ways away from you, kind of, I would say almost five or six inches away from you, um, almost as if you were taking a picture of yourself um, is the way that I've, the best way that I found to, to do this. Um, you can try looking down at the phone and this may work, um, but I've had better luck lately just holding the phone upright and kind of in front of my face and a little ways away. 1935. And I felt a vibration. Um, it did not make an accompanying sound, but I felt a vibration. Now I'm going to swipe up from the bottom. App Store. Double tap to, to open. To get that home screen, um, home screen to work. While we're on the subject of Face ID, um, <clears throat> want to mention that um, when voiceover is on and face ID is set up and you are very, you are now um, told very explicitly about this, um, the, um, the security of face ID is a little bit different. So 
um, for a completely sighted person um, who uses Face ID, they need to be looking at the camera of the phone. They, it, it actually looks to see, are your eyes open and are you gazing at the phone? And this is to prevent somebody else from taking the phone, holding it in front of your face and unlocking it. Now, depending on what kind of visual impairment one has, it may not be possible to look at the phone in a way that would make voiceover and the, that would make the phone happy. And so when <clears throat> they call that feature attention aware, so when you are setting up face ID and voiceover is on, the attention aware or the phone's ability to know whether you're gazing at it um, is disabled. Now it can be enabled later on and for some people, they may be able to um, still open the phone um, that way, and that's fine. Um, I do not have that option. Um, I have, well, for one, I only have one uh, real eye. And for two, um, my eyes are pretty much closed most of the time. Um, just they, it's, it's actually very difficult for me to open them um, without, uh, you know, in intentionally. So I really do need that feature off. I have tried it and it did not, uh, it did not work very well. So, um, but that is something to be aware of. Face ID is slight, it may be slightly less secure as a person with a visual impairment. So um, you may need to keep a closer eye on where, you know, so to speak on where your phone is if you are uh, if you are out and about, um, I tend to rarely, if ever, set my phone on a table or something if I'm out, just because I I don't feel comfortable with that. I really prefer to have the phone in my pocket, and unfortunately, um, I know for women that's not as much an option because uh, for some reason they don't give you all very good pockets. Um, <laughs> which is really unfair. I don't know why they, I don't know why they, I don't know why they do that, but uh, they, they sure do. I mean, it's, it's great for the, the handbag industry, I suppose, but still it's, so I, I, that is a, a frustration to be, to be Absolutely. sure. <clears throat> so face ID is, uh, I, I have to say, I, I can use face ID. I don't particularly care for it. Uh, I can make it go. Um, I dearly wish Apple had put uh, Touch ID onto the 12, but uh, they didn't ask me. So, <laughs> you know, we, we, it, it is better. And one of the things that you can do to make it better, um, I've found it is, well, some of that has come with later versions of iOS. It seems to in 13 and 14 have really gotten better. But one of the things I did was when I set up Face ID, I actually set it up, I, I've, I've tried setting it up both with lights on and with lights off. And um, I seem to have better luck now that I set it up with lights off. And I don't know why that is, but if you find that you're having trouble, um, you might try with the opposite of whatever you did when you, when you set it up. Um, that may also have a bearing on how well it, it might work. It, it, it very well might not. But um, that, that can, that does seem to make at least some difference 
in how the iPhone, uh, how Face ID works. So that's okay. That <laughs> so that's probably enough on that one. Um, so going back to in the home screen, boy, we did get sidetracked, didn't we? But we'll come back. So going back to the home screen, um, we the home screen is laid out in columns and rows, depending on the size of your device, um, you may have varying numbers. So on the iPhone XR, which has a 6.1 inch screen, we have four um, we have four apps in each row, four icons in each row, and there are six rows of four icons. So you have four across, and there are six rows of those four. Screen dimmed. Um, other phones may have more or less. Um, the iPad, I honestly can't remember. Um, apart from doing some video calls, my poor iPad mini has been kind of neglected lately. I haven't been using it nearly as much. Um, and I find that part of that has to do with the fact that I get lost a lot on the iPad screen. You do have a raised hand now. Okay. Um, Jerry, you can unmute. Yeah, but when you said there was, uh, I, I John, uh, better than I had many people in, in here, there should be. Uh, your presentation is very good. Um, when you're saying uh, or, four app per row, six row, does that including adding the dock, would that be seven row or is the dock considered? Um, I, that does not include the dock. Um, the dock is, I, I did not include the dock in there because um, the dock is always gonna show on the screen in those six rows of four icons each. Um, no matter what those are doing, whether you're on page one or page 12, um, or 11 or whatever, um, that the dock is always going to say the stay the same. So I do, I don't, when I include that count, I don't include the dock in that. Thank you. No problem. Um, so you can, as uh, you can, as I was mentioning, just mentioning, you can have, there are multiple pages of home screens. So, um, and this, this will depend on how many apps you have on your phone. Um, I have two pages and actually I used to have quite a few more, but <clears throat> when iOS 14 let me hide some of them, I, I gleefully took advantage of that because mm -hmm. my first two pages or so were pretty well organized. And then once we got to page three, I pretty much gave up. <laughs> and so <laughs> then the icons were just kind of all over the place. And, um, because of app library, I, and some other things I don't really need to worry about. I, I just kind of hid those extra pages and, uh, haven't looked back quite honestly. Um, but to switch between the pages, however many you have, and you will, you will probably have at least two, even if you have a brand new iPhone, you're still going to have at least two of them. It seems like, so what you're going to do is you have two options. So if we look at, I'm going to slide down the left-hand side of my screen after I unlock it. 1943. Um, I have my phone set to Home. Uh, lock the screen after five minutes. That can be turned off. Um, I find that if I leave that off, I am forever putting the phone in my pocket and then doing all kinds of things. 
um, you know, tapping, you know, tapping all kinds of things. Actually, while I'm thinking about that, <clears throat> be aware that for um, someone who is sighted and not a voiceover user, um, for them having a phone unlocked and in a pocket or somewhere um, is actually more likely to get things tapped on um, than, so in some ways, um, because it takes a little more effort to activate icons, we have a little bit of a safety net in a way. Um, so do do keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> that that is a little bit different. Um, if I go to speak current app store, look at my left hand. Mail, 100 watch, fantastical days until. Double tap phone one new days until vo days until. Okay, I'm trying to like find. seeing Ira page one of three adjustable. Adjust value down or scroll left to show today view. What Swipe I, up or down with one finger to adjust the value. What I was trying to do was actually slide down and locate that page indicator and it wasn't quite working. So what I ended up doing was finding the bottom row and then flicking to the right until I got to it. Um, so you do have a, it is a horizontal bar that you can use. Um, visually, it's a horizontal bar, but when you locate it with voiceover, you're going to actually adjust it by swiping up or down with one finger. And uh, that's, I, I don't know exactly why that works that way, but that's the way it, do it does. So that is one way that you can switch pages. The other way, which is easier once you get used to it. Safari. Double tap to open. So I touched an icon in the middle of the screen. And what you're going to do um, to switch pages is you're going to take three fingers and you're going to slide from right to left. And this is another one where I feel like it's easier to come at the screen already moving. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. Page two of three, ID folder, seven apps. Double tap to open. So this is one of the, like I said, this is one of the pages where I really tried in the beginning to have folders and, and have it nice and organized. So extras folder, 12 apps. Now extras Double is, tap to open. Extras is a folder that um, comes standard with iOS. And I think I've shoved a couple of things in there that weren't originally in there, but um, your most phones are going to have an extras folder. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about folders in a, in a while here, but um and the way that I remember is if you think about an actual book, if you're on page one and you want to go to page two, you have to actually, you have to turn page, you have to actually take the page and turn it to the left. Um, and we need to use three fingers to do that because that's a bigger movement than just swiping with one finger and moving from item to item on the screen. We're, we're making a bigger move. We're going, you know, further along. So we need to add, we need to add those other two fingers to kind of um, make that a, a larger movement, at least in this, in this case we do. So <clears throat> that's, that's how I, and then if we want to go the other way, we're going to go three fingers from left to right. Home, page one of three, app store, double tap to open. And that puts me back on my homepage. Now let's talk about, um, Jerry had mentioned earlier the dock and wanted to know, was that included in the icons? That is not because I'm on page one, and if I look at the, my dock the way that I phone, have it set up, one new item, phone settings, drafts, music, double tap to open. So those are the icons I have on my dock, and um, settings is because I'm forever going in and changing things. 
Um, Drafts is a really neat app for taking notes. If I go Reminders. to page two. Page two of three, <clears throat> ID folder, phone, one new item, settings, drafts, music. Double tap. So to those doc icons are still there and it doesn't matter how many pages of icons I have, those are always going to, always going to be there. So if there are apps that you really like, <clears throat> Uh, having them on the dock is a good thing. And, um, you know, if you've been talking to people who use these a while, if an app is worthy enough to go in somebody's dock, then it's it's either a really good app or it's really important to them. Uh, may not be as much to you depending on what it is. But, um, you know, having an app in the dock is kind of pride of place for, for a lot of people. And so for me, um, those are, are the things that I've chosen to put there. So we talked about, um, let's see where we are. Okay, we've got about 10 minutes. All right. Let's see where I want to, where I want to go. So we're going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what happens if we flick up or down with one finger. And this is something we'll come back to because this one, uh, th this one does take some some getting used to and some understanding, but we will we will go over um, we'll go over the general concept. So photography if folder we go, home, page one of three. If we go back to my home screen. Flicking left and right with one finger will move us, as I was mentioning, from item to item in order. Flicking up or down with one finger, though, is not as consistent because they um, that is a way of either adjusting settings or reviewing text. So um, the way that I like to think about, there's a couple of ways that you can that you can think about this. If you are somebody who uses a Victor Reader Stream, uh, if we think about on our left-hand side of that, we've got our power button at the top. And if we press it and hold it, that's what it does. But if we tap the power button, um, what happens is that changes the function of the buttons above and below. Now, normally those would be volume, but you can change them so that they adjust the bass, the, the speed, the treble, um, what various different things. And um, so the, the power button is what kind of chooses or controls what the volume, uh, the up and down buttons, the kind of audio up and down buttons, I would say, that controls what they do. Um, now, the, um, the metaphor does break a little bit because of the fact that those do go back to volume. So don't try to stretch it too far. But the idea is that um, you have an option. Um, you, have, you have flicking up and down will um, perform an action. And to choose what that action is, we use a gesture called the rotor. Now, this is something that I really find frustrating about the way Apple has implemented this because it is handy as anything. It is a very good thing to do, but the default gesture is not a very easy gesture. So what, we, what, what one is supposed to do is put two fingers on the screen with a small space between them and turn them as if you have a knob that's set into the screen that you're going to to turn. You kind of have to pretend there's a knob on the screen and turn them. Characters. Words. Speaking rate. Words. Characters. 
But that does not always work for everybody. So here are some alternatives that you might try if this is causing difficulty for you. You can put two fingers on the screen and depending if it's easier, if it's a phone, obviously, you can put two fingers on the screen and turn the device. Actions, describe images. While keeping those fingers describe on the actions, screen. Braille screen characters, words. So that's one option. The other option that you can do is you can take, um, you can take a finger from each hand and put one kind of on the left side of the screen and the other one on the right side of the screen. And you can slide them in opposite directions. So if you move your left finger, the finger on your left hand up and the one on your right hand down. Speaking rate. You will turn the rotor to the right. And if you do the opposite, if you move the left one down, the right one up. Words, characters, braille screen and you will turn, orientation locked. Landscape, you will actually charge port portrait. You will actually you'll turn the rotor the other way. So two fingers have to be on the screen at one time, but it doesn't matter how far apart they are. You could use your ring your thumb and your ring finger if you wanted to. You could use your um, you know, thumb and your middle finger. You could use, um, like I was just saying, you could use two fingers on each, you know, a finger on each hand, one finger on each hand to do that. Um, Whatever you find works for you, um, if you find something that works consistently, then that, that's what you should use. There is a way, if you absolutely cannot get this working, um, there is a way that you can change and assign your own gestures. I'm not going to go into that right this moment because um, that's buried quite a few settings screens down, and um, it's also an area you want to be careful with because if you start changing the set of gestures too much, then um, directions that other people provide may not work for you because um, they're assuming that you haven't made changes like that. So some of the things we can do. Safari, Braille screen in one passwords. Characters. We're going to ignore Braille screen input for the moment. If we're on characters, cap S A F A R I, and you flick down India. with one finger, I R A F A cap S. And if you flick Sierra. up, you'll go backwards. Spotify, so mail 100 Braille screen and one password words. Braille screen input is getting in my way at this point. Normally, I it is where I want it. If we're on words, though, mail 132. Unread emails, wow. emails unread 132 mail. So, if we're on words, then flicking down will move us forward by words, and flicking up will move us backward by words. Um, there are also things like speech rate, speaking rate, volume, audio ducking, volume, and you can control what items you want to show up in this. Um, virtual control, this, you know, terrible thing that we have here. Um, so if adjusting speech rate is something you don't want to do accidentally, that can be taken off. Um, so that's something that we can uh, can look at a little, little later. We've got five minutes. If there are any other questions, I'd like to go ahead and take those and just make sure people have a chance. Not finding any hands. All right. Um, do well since um, do you do either do any do you have any questions? 
no or, or tyson because i'm happy to answer if you have questions too no thank you all righty all right um so that is how we and and we're gonna this is where we're gonna start next time because i know this is an area that um that confuses quite a few people so this is where we're going to uh to pick up from here so just to give you an idea we're going to talk about the rotor we're going to talk about um dealing with the phone which is what i which is <laughs> i i had intended to do that so we will uh we will talk about making phone calls dealing with the uh, the phone app interface the way that you do that um we're going to talk about uh some some settings and voices and some of those kind of things so that's a little preview of some of what i plan to um to cover next week and um i apologize for getting a little sidetracked but uh that jerry has his hand raised oh, okay jerry you can unmute Jerry, you're muted. Yeah, we'll give him just a second because I know he knows. <laughs> can you hear me? It's yes, we can hear you now. Okay, I was, I was off, off focus. That's uh, right. I was, I was on another page. Screen dimmed. Ah. Um, when I hold the space bar down, Oh, uh, yeah, you got to be in that Zoom window. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that. So when, it, so when I let off the space bar, it automatically mute. Yeah. What well, what question did you have? I know. <laughs> I, 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 I know that it don't sound like you're reading your email. I noticed that you have about 132 unread emails. And that's just for one account. Um. <laughs> and and I, I couldn't help that. And I was wondering, how do you you read that many on your iphone or, or do you use like me i have my uh uh i have google on my iphone but then i have google on my computer um well those are messages that i i haven't gotten around to and and that the account that it's talking about is kind of my junk account where there's you know the people that i don't want you know the websites that they want your email i'm like okay fine um so but you can choose um if you have multiple email accounts you can choose which email accounts you want to show up in that um, in that badge count. So um, the reason I do that is because if I get a new item in that email account, which isn't one that I check frequently, then I want to know that there's something in there. Um, so uh, it's, it's just part of uh, how I do things. But yeah, I've got some emails that I read in Outlook. I've got some that I read on the web. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> we, I, I had to add that question. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to go ahead and break off for today, and we will see you next week, which is the 14th. And um, hope to hear from you. Hope to hear from you then. Thank you. Happy New Year's. You too. Absolutely.